0: Hey everybody, Sarah here, your host of The Wedding Dish. And before we get started, I have a quick message for my wedding pros who are listening because I know someone out there needs to hear this today. We have had a hard year in 2020. And I know a lot of us are feeling stuck in our businesses or anxious about how we're gonna hit the ground running after weddings are finally back to their former glory. I get it because I've felt that way too, and I decided to do something about it. So I reached out to my dear friend Taylor at Lemon Tree Editorial. You have heard her here on the podcast before many, many times. She's co-hosted, she's guest hosted, and she's been a guest too. And she is a website copywriter for the wedding industry, but her job title really should be Word Magician because that's what she actually does. I hired Taylor this summer to rewrite the Wedding Dishes website, and I have to tell you, she nailed it. She captured my voice, my jokes, including my silly puns, and I was so shocked at how much it sounded like me that I just couldn't even believe it. It was incredible. But more important than capturing my voice, she, her writing always speaks to my audience. It's just perfect. It's persuasive. It's inclusive. And I know it's going to help the podcast attract even more amazing guests and sponsors. If you're a wedding pro who has pivoted this year or last year or rebranded or just maybe has had the same old website for way too long, you have got to reach out to Taylor at Lemon Tree Editorial. Head on over to her website, lteditorial.com, lt like Lemon Tree, editorial.com and tell her Sarah sent you. Oh, and Clouseau, who I'm sure you can hear snorting right next to me. Have a great day and enjoy this episode of The Wedding Dish. Hello and welcome to The Wedding Dish podcast. Grab your fork and knife and take a seat at our table as we dish on all things weddings. You'll hear stories and tips from real couples and wedding pros about love, life, and entrepreneurship. I am Sarah Alipin, the host of The Wedding Dish and CEO of Photos from the Hardy and District Bliss. Thank you so much for tuning into The Wedding Dish. Let's dish. So today we are dishing with Lexi Smith, who happens to be a personal friend of mine. Um, she is also an amazing PR coach um, and she is a married lady. Um, bonus. She is the queen of gifts. I mean, absolute queen.
1: <laughs> I wear that title very proudly.
0: <laughs> I love it. If you ever need a gift, pick me up. Lexi's your girl.
1: <laughs> I got you.
0: Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to hear about your wedding day. Um, and all the things.
1: I. Literally, you say wedding, and I'll talk for two hours, so you're going to have to keep me on track. I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, okay, so let's start with when and where did you get married?
1: Okay, I got married September 1st, 2018 at Shoals Valley Lodge, which is located in Hillsboro, Oregon, which is in the Willamette Valley, so kind of wine country area.
0: And um, for those of you who are not familiar with the Willamette Valley, it looks like it's spelled Willamette, but you say it like you say damn it.
1: That's great. Never, I, being from Oregon, I've never heard anyone explain <laughs> it that way. That's great. I'm going to use that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Willamette. That's fun. Good
0: one. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. I, you know, I love my puns and I love the jokes. So <laughs> I'm right there with you. Um, so let's, uh, let's talk about how many guests you had and, um, a little bit about the venue. What, what drew you so much to this venue? Because I know that was one of your favorite parts of your wedding day.
1: Yeah. So a bit of context for your listeners. I live in Southern California currently, although I am from the Portland, Oregon area. So when I got engaged, um, and my my future husband at the time, he's from Southern California. We, I was very adamant that because we live in California, I wanted to get married in Oregon, but that made venue shopping very difficult. So my mom actually did most of the the first glance, actually all of the site visits on my behalf, and she would Facetime me. Um, I wanted just like the quintessential Oregon feeling style wedding because that's what resonated with me and my childhood so did a Google search found geez I don't know 15 different options my mom made a, a wine weekend out of it brought some girlfriends <laughs> and the thing that I loved about Shoals Valley Lodge was a I could rent the property for the entire weekend and the lodge itself can house 30 people so that was enough for our wedding party. And the way it was laid out allowed us to have sections. And that was really important for me. I wanted to have the ceremony somewhere different than the happy hour, somewhere different than the dinner reception. Yet no one had to drive from place to place. I mean, it's a lodge, there's forests, there was rolling hills. It was just literally my dream put to real life.
0: I love that. That sounds perfect. And of course, I've seen your pictures, which we will share in the show notes and on Instagram. Um, but it that's exactly what it feels like, the way you describe it, it from the images.
1: I want to go back there because you can rent the property for reunions. And I, I sincerely am so pictures don't do it justice. It it really doesn't. It's such a stunning property. So I want to do a, a reunion one day with my family or something and revisit the property because it's just enchanting.
0: Doesn't that sound like the best thing right now as we sit here during COVID life? <laughs> <sighs> yes.
1: Although, side note, it's my birthday this weekend and I'm going to Yosemite and staying in actually a lodge that looks very similar to that of my wedding. So I am very grateful to say I get to have a little escape this weekend.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. I've never been to Yosemite, which is just crazy pants. Um, and you're going to have to send me fi- pictures, like tons oh, and tons.
1: You've been warned. They'll come your way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe some gifts peppered in between. Yes. Your wish <laughs> is my command. And happy early birthday. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Um, that's so much fun. I love it. I love the idea of bringing everybody together. My best friend actually did something similar. Um, when she got married, there's a a venue that's right at great falls, um, in Maryland. And it's very much like that. And I just, I love the idea of really having like the weekend together and not being separated in the same way you would be at a hotel.
1: Yeah. And the two other things for us that we had to consider was, you know, my husband's family was all going to be traveling. Um, so we had a lot of out of town guests and it was a holiday weekend. So we wanted to, you know, for those who were
0: making the trek, um, it was important for us to have a full experience. That's amazing. And where is CJ's family from? He's from near where I live right now. So I live in Ventura, California. He
1: is from the Thousand Oaks area, which is like 30 minutes south towards LA from where I'm at
0: today. Oh, that's so that's so lucky that they're that close to you.
1: Yes. Although his parents are nearing retirement and they might move to Utah. And I'm like, no, you can't do that selfishly. I need future grandbaby help. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, they're really close right now, which is amazing.
0: That's perfect. Um, my family is super close to us, which is a huge bonus.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, all mine's still in Oregon. So if it's not mine, it needs to be his (laughs) someone got family.
0: Yeah. I mean, otherwise you're going to have to convince your family to move down. I'm trying, but (laughs) (laughs) it's not working. (laughs) Um, that's awesome. So, um, Let's back up a little bit and tell me how you and CJ met.
1: Oh my God. So I used to not openly talk about this story because I <laughs> feel like it was not acceptable, socially acceptable, but I feel like it is now. So we met in 2014 and the context was I just, just moved to LA, fresh off of college, fresh out of a a three-and-a-half, four-year relationship. And I heard about this app from my roommate named Tinder. So I started (laughs) dabbling in the Tinder sphere with absolutely no intention more than just, it's a fun app to look at attractive gentlemen. Swiped right, and um, that technically is how we connected. And then we technically, technically first met at, nightclub it really it was not like a classy beginning and I I thought he was weird the first time I met him so the fact that we're married is hilarious but we swiped right
0: yeah (laughs) I always thought tinder would be fun because it feels like online shopping
1: that's why I was doing it and quick (laughs) backstory the night I only had tinder for about a week and the night I swiped right from for cj was a Tuesday. I was in LA in my apartment with my roommate who we were just becoming friends and it was two in the morning and there was a knock on our door. She freaked out, ran to the bathroom. I went to the door and it was the cops. We had a crazy neighbor who had called the cops on us because we were laughing so loudly. She thought we were (laughs) having a party on a Tuesday. So true story. I got called the cops on from Tinder, and that was the night I swiped right on my husband. I mean, it's like a movie, It's but that happened. Real story.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) That is amazing. I cannot believe you laughed so loud that they called the cops. I mean, we were
1: laughing loud, but also we, we ended up calling her Psycho Sandy. She turned out to be a nut job, so... Which now makes for a great story, but at the time it was, you know, not young twenties trying to have fun in LA it wasn't the most fun neighbor to have. But yeah, that was a the night it happened.
0: <laughs> that is hysterical. Everything about it is so memorable.
1: <laughs> yeah, and actually I'm gonna oh my god, my husband's gonna kill me for sharing this. I have to say one of the reasons why I thought he was a little odd the night we met is um My friend and I's phones were dead. So we decided to, we were at his friend's like apartment in Hollywood and decided to, God, I can't believe I'm sharing this, stay the night while we charged our phones. CJ slept in the bed. My friend and I slept on the floor next to the bed. So he didn't even offer us the bed. I ended up sleeping using a pillow as a pile of laundry, which is now CJ's best friend. I didn't know that at the time. And so I left that next morning being like, wow, like what an, a letdown, like just epic failure. So people know that sort the girlfriends who were with me that night, like we laugh about it all the time. Like the fact that that man who had such a bad first impression became such a wonderful human that I'm now married to is a very bad reflection of it's not... Anyways, so. yeah, lots of interesting starts to the the beginning of our journey.
0: <laughs> um, and let's flash forward to when I asked you to be on this podcast. What did CJ say to you? <laughs> he goes,
1: uh, "Be nice." <laughs> <laughs> and now, of course, I go to the
0: story that always embarrasses him. Sorry, CJ. <laughs> Love you. Um, I actually have a very similar story. You do. <laughs> How have we never talked about this? I don't know. This wasn't the first night Philippe and I started dating. Um, we started dating in June, and then I left because I thought he was a player. Um, so mm-hmm. I was like, whatever. Um, so I left and went backpacking through. Through Europe without a plan for six weeks or something, and when I came back, it was right before his birthday, so, um, which was August first, or is August first, and he, his friends came in from New York, one of whom I went to high school with, so it was like really random. He went Mm -hmm. to NYU with him, which is so like I'm not from New York. It the connection made no sense, um, and then. Philippe, they kept buying him shots and he is – um he, he does what he used to – his friends used to call the Irish goodbye where he would just like <laughs> quietly leave and never tell anyone. So he told me luckily and he's like, I'm really drunk. I got to go. And I was like, okay. And he's like, we can't do your Sarah goodbye because my Sarah goodbye takes like 20 minutes to get out. Um, and I was like, okay, fine. So we go. And um, and I was like, he's really drunk. Maybe I should like stay and keep an eye on him. But he was so drunk and so hot that he wouldn't let me in the bed. So I had to sleep on his floor. And oh, then my in the God. And then in the morning, he I used a towel as a pillow. And then in the morning, he rolled over and he's like, what are you doing down there? And I was like, oh, my God. You jerk. I can't believe that we haven't
1: connected this before. Because that's, I don't think a lot of people have that first
0: experience. So that's incredible. Isn't that crazy? And, you know, of course, he's like the nicest guy. But yeah. it was... Such Give a a weird...
1: chance, ladies and or men, or whoever's listening, like first impressions, you know, allow them to be molded.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes you just don't realize. And of course, I understood later that it was because he was really hot. Um, he thought I was lying about it. He <laughs> just didn't remember. That's so funny. So he just said he <laughs> was being a gentleman. He didn't
1: want to invite, invite um, us up. But I'm like, if you're a gentleman, wouldn't you have let the girl sleep in the bed and you go to the floor. And then he just like looks at me like, "Who's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, CJ, again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hysterical that we have never had this conversation. I, I guess it's not something that normally comes up. And it was so long ago. Like for yeah. me, this was 2008. Tinder yeah. didn't even exist.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, well, 2014, Tinder was... Like, now, on app dating, all the people do it. But back then, they didn't, and it was very much thought of as a hookup app, and um, so there was some sort of, like, scandalous, you know, association with the concept of it, even though our meeting was anything but scandalous, (laughs) you know? So We actually never told our parents until right before the wedding. And then we told them in case it got brought up in a speech. So now everyone knows, but it took quite a while for us to be honest about it. Our friends knew, but anyways.
0: Hysterical. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I I always thought it was so interesting when people are afraid to tell the story of how they met, because there aren't very many things that embarrass me. Um, Really, there aren't very many things at all that embarrass me. And (laughs) I'm trying to, like, think of anything. And um, I can't imagine, like, being embarrassed about anything or, like, thinking – I guess i thinking that anyone's stigma, like, should have a place in my brain.
1: Well, I wish the world was like you, Sarah, because that would make, you know, being forthcoming a lot easier. And now I can share that story with laughter, but – it took a while, you know. Seven years later,
0: now I'm saying. Especially because right? you two are so sweet, and like, I mean, every day CJ makes sure that you eat lunch. <laughs> I
1: know. I'll get texts from my my husband. I'm really great at sitting in my computer for ten hours and not moving, but he has to deal with hangry Lexi at night. So it actually is to his benefit if I feed myself during the day. So I have on occasion been been known to receive a text. Did you eat? Did you stand up? Have you been outside yet? <laughs> <laughs> and he sees we have like video cameras and he's a creep and can see if I leave the house. So if he sees like no camera motion, he'll be like,
0: Lexi, you haven't left today. <laughs> Full disclosure, she eats lunch outside every day and that's how he knows she's eating. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Perks of Southern California. I love it. uh that is amazing. We also have cameras around our house, and I'm sure Philippe would do the same to me. He may do the same to me when he goes back to real life work.
1: <laughs> real life work. yeah, my husband uh has been he's considered essential, so actually he's never worked from home this whole time. Thank God actually, because we would not do well together working he's he I thrive working from home. He just wants to do like chores. So it's hard for him to focus. Uh, so it worked out well for both of us because he'll do chores and then forget that I'm actually trying to work and loop me into his chores. Um, so it worked out for our situation.
0: <laughs> yeah, that makes total sense. Um, Philippe just hates that he has to be on the phone constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, what does CJ do again?
1: <laughs> so CJ um is... So the, I had to practice this when we first started dating. So, he um, is one of the owners of a fourth generation family owned business in the liquefied gas industry. So, they manufacture pumps for liquefied gas and swivels. So, clearly, we have very similar jobs. <laughs> very so manufacturing is what, and manufacturing the pumps they make. Um, are what help you go to a a gas station and you fill up your barbecue cylinder with propane that his pump is transferring that so because of propane that makes him essential in manufacturing yada yada so yeah he's very he's an engineer it's the short answer which i could have started with but i didn't
0: (laughs) i mean there's no judgment here (laughs) we've already been through that (laughs) It's, it's it's dishing out I love it. All right. So let's jump back to your wedding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What, if anything, would you change about your wedding day?
1: Yeah. So I was – I am very naturally a super, super frugal person. And I was that way in planning my wedding, which I don't regret. We saved a lot of money. Um, For example, doing what I do in PR – um, I was able to leverage that to get some, you know, trade discounts, et cetera. Um, that being said, I chose some vendors that I wasn't entirely in love with. Um, I also don't feel that I had enough help, like physical hands on deck on the day. A lot of context, a lot of Schultz Valley Lodge, the property didn't come with anything so we had to bring everything in and we had I had a lot of decor my mom had a, made a lot of things and so there was a lot of setup and because we didn't have i think enough hands on deck hired hands on deck everything wasn't necessarily set up exactly how i would have wanted But this is me micromanaging. The day was phenomenal. But my caterer wasn't my favorite. I do wish we had a few more helping hands. Those would be kind of the top two, I'd say.
0: Yeah. And tell me, uh, what are your favorite moments from your wedding?
1: So many. Yeah. I, I will say I vividly remember the moment waking up on my wedding morning and just the surrealness. I... So we were all in the lodge, but I didn't let any of my bridesmaids sleep in. I wanted to sleep. So they all got different rooms. I had my own room. So that first 30 minutes of my day, just waking up, taking a shower and realizing like this is my wedding day was incredible. Then our first look, he reacted flawlessly, just how he should. Um I loved the actual ceremony. It was We wrote our own vows. So hearing, you know, his vows was, was really special. The actual, so in between the ceremony and so when everyone else was doing cocktail hour, we did our couple pictures and just the, the intimate moment of those photos was beautiful. And then my, my final one I'll highlight was my maid of honor, Ashley, shout out, uh, arranged a surprise dance flash mob. Um, so that was pretty epic as her maid of honor
0: speech. And do you have a video of that? I do.
1: Yeah. You know, it's not pulled out. Like it's in the raw footage of our wedding video and there's only pieces of it. So I maybe someday, because I have all the raw video footage, there's like five hours, six hours worth. So someday I should pull out that section. Um, But it was, the funny thing about it was the song is one that, is a famous CJ had this song, I wish I could remember what it was called, as his alarm for years. And it drove me insane. It's a song that's dun, 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 dun. And so I hated that song, floating- and all of my friends knew that. So that's the song she did, just as like a knock. And so it was pretty hysterical. That's amazing. Yeah, it was so
0: like my first record was like no, and CJ's like yes. <laughs> As the song comes on.
1: <laughs> it was great.
0: Oh my god! And they were all in one place, so they probably got to practice like right before without any problems.
1: Yeah, well, and she put like a, a card on. They basically did the macarena, so the entire all the guests were part of it too. So, you know, 250, 300, however many people were there in between that amount stood up and started marcarinaing for the song. And it was, yeah, it was a moment.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. <laughs> um, Can you tell me a little bit about the, I know you mentioned that you had a um new tradition that you put in your ceremony. I would love to hear about that.
1: Yeah. So I don't know if I mentioned this to you, Sarah, but in college for a summer, I actually interned with a wedding planner. That was one of the careers I was considering. And so I had no
0: idea. Yeah.
1: So I actually love the wedding industry. Um, and my sister-in-law has been in the wedding industry for a long time. So I've been to a lot of weddings. I also worked at a wedding venue for many years. So amongst all the weddings I've seen, there was this wine box ceremony. Um, that I saw in high school and I knew I wanted to, to do it at my own. So basically what we do. And so those first 30 minutes of the day, when I woke up, I wrote a letter to CJ. He wrote a letter to me. We sealed it. And in the wine box at the ceremony, um, was a bottle of wine from our wedding. And we both placed our letters in there. And there's two, only two occasions when we can open that box. One, if we're at a really, really hard place in our marriage, we're supposed to open the box, share a glass of wine, and finally read each other's letters to each other and kind of bring us back to that moment of when we were really celebrating love or on our fifth year anniversary. But regardless, every time it's opened, it's supposed to be replenished. So write a new letter, put it in. So I don't know. I just think it's Like I get goosebumps even talking about it. It's something that we're not overtly religious, but I wanted something sentimental, and so that's what we did.
0: That's really lovely and really meaningful.
1: Yeah. So I look forward to you know. Hope we're two and a half years in. Haven't had to open it for option A, so hopefully we'll only be option opening it. You know, in a two and a half years on our fifth. Um, And I look forward to even remembering what I wrote because I don't remember. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, the morning of your wedding day, I'm sure it was such a whirlwind. I I can't imagine you would remember.
1: Nope, no idea. So,
0: wow. That's really amazing. And where did you cu- get that idea?
1: I got it from watching just one of the the weddings I watched during that internship. They did that, and I thought, "How Cool. And you know me. I love wine. So like, it just resonated with who I am. And I I loved the concept of if you're going through a tough time, this is an act that can really save a marriage in theory and and remind you of such a special day. So it just – it touched me in a way and it resonated with my groom-to-be, luckily. So we did it.
0: (laughs) I love that. That's really amazing and very you.
1: It is very me. (laughs)
0: Well, with that note, um, we are going to take a fast break on The Wedding Dish, and we will be right back with Lexi Smith. And we are back on The Wedding Dish. Today, I have with me an amazing lady who happens to be married, but is also the brilliant mind behind the PR Bar Inc., which is a PR um, coaching agency. She's amazing. That's how we initially connected. Um, Actually, you know what? We should talk about our backstory. Let's do it. Okay. Let's. So I met Lexi um almost exactly a year ago yeah and i thought i knew her before i was <laughs> i was convinced <laughs> i mean well technically speaking we
1: had virtual interactions to some degree prior to meeting my maybe even an email list if that counts so there was some merit to sarah thinking we had met just to give you you know some kudos there, but we had it. <laughs> um, but I went with it, I think. <laughs> and so,
0: yeah, I went up and I was like, hi, it's so good to finally meet you in person. And Lexi was like, thanks. <laughs> yeah,
1: same. But you're so warm and welcoming. I, I probably thought in that moment that I had met you or I, I'm forgetting. I definitely thought it was on my my behalf. Like I was forgetting a name or a face. So, anyway.
0: meanwhile, what actually happened is we had a mutual friend, and they were working together to promote female entrepreneurs.
1: <laughs> yes, and you just had seen, I think, the the campaign through that channel. But I mean, it was still clearly fate for us to meet, and the rest, yes, of history, right. So. Yes.
0: And I loved it and I promoted it for you all. So I thank you. That's how, how much of a great job you did. And Why? apparently a great first impression on me without me even meeting you. <laughs> yes,
1: I love it. I'll take it.
0: <laughs> so, um, As most of you know, if you've been here on The Wedding Dish before, I have a little Snorosaurus Clouseau, um, who's named after the Pink Panther. He is a French bulldog. um, And he just sat up. He's looking at me like I'm doing something suspicious. (laughs) And um, Lexi also has a dog. So we've bonded over that a little bit. He, um, his name is Mac. I don't know what kind of dog he is, but I do know that he looks exactly like Falcor from the Never Ending Story.
1: <laughs> but actually, no one had ever made that connection before Sarah, and now it's something I—I I have a image of Falcor next to my dog Mac, and it's—it's it's uncanny.
0: So, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how you incorporated Mac into your wedding.
1: Yeah. So just context on Max' character. Um, I call him a sour patch ca- kid. So first he's sour, then he's sweet. So with CJ and I, he is a doll 98% of the time. With people he doesn't know, he can be a total nightmare. He, it's a rescue. We got him at the age of three or four. We don't know what happened to him, but a lot we've, we've tried to train him. We've tried a lot of things, but he's not necessarily that's putting it lightly he is not the dog that we let children pet on walks which is hard because he's a Maltese terrier white fluffy dog he's adorable he looks smiley until then he wants to bite your hand off so all that to say it was important for CJ and I to have him at the wedding but not be sued because he bit someone so (laughs) (laughs) we couldn't incorporate him as much as we would have liked um he stayed in the lodge And at one point during the wedding, you know, we put a little bow tie. So he was with us when we were getting ready. So he was totally fine, but we didn't let him out into public. But at one point, my maid of honor snuck into the lodge and brought Mac out to see CJ and I in the middle of the wedding, which was a surprise. And I like got emotional, even though I'd seen him like two hours earlier and, you know, took some pics. But then he had to go back in just because sadly, he has that side of him. But he was there. I know.
0: And didn't you do something? I think I saw in the pictures that you had like a little Max Wonderland oh, or something. Oh, yeah.
1: Sorry. Oh, my God. Okay. So, because he couldn't, we had, it was important for us to allow kids at our wedding because a lot of our, you know, I have three nephews, I have a ton of kid cousins, a lot of my friends have kids, lots of kids. Um, so, instead of actually physically having Mac, thank you for reminding me. <laughs> like we did a Max Funland, which was a little section um, next to the dinner table so parents could still see for kids. So we had like a table with coloring books and toys and picnic blankets and like just a lot of stuff for kids to stay entertained by. And my mom made a like a banner sign that said Max Funland and we had a picture of Mac. And so that was his little section of the wedding.
0: That's so cute. I didn't know what actually went on in that section, so I was really excited to hear about that.
1: For kid, the kiddos, because Mac's our kid.
0: so Makes total sense. Mine is now throwing a little bit of a tantrum because he thinks there's another dog here. Is there? No, he just heard me talking about yours, and oh. I guess I got dog <laughs> voice. <laughs> dog. No,
1: actually, I don't know. Max. somewhere in my house. He's he's kind of recruit. Rec- excuse me, recluse during the day and then snuggles at night.
0: Oh, he's so cute. He him. also chases the male, doesn't he?
1: He chases everything. Everything. Yeah, he's, he's a protector for sure. Any noise.
0: <laughs> That's so sweet. I love it. He's super cute. I can only imagine how hard it was not to be able to take him and like have him walk down the aisle and everything and then – um also not to be able to let kids pet him on walks.
1: I know, you know, if it's a controlled setting, like we're having people over, then it's totally fine. He's never knock on wood bitten a kid. But because we just know that he has that aggression, we err on the side of safer than sorry. And there's just something
0: about being on a leash that he does not like (laughs) at all. That's not uncommon. And it's, it's really awesome to hear that you're such a responsible dog owner, not only for the other people, but also for Mac, because you're not putting him in situations where you know he might be a little bit additionally stressed out.
1: Yeah. You know, it's not... <laughs> I avoid people when I walk in. And when we moved into our new house about a year and a half ago, I now know my neighbors, but they thought that I didn't like them because anytime I saw a neighbor on a walk, I'd cross the street. So they thought I was like avoiding them because I was antisocial, and now they know. No, it's just because my dog was going to go absolutely ape shit. I don't know if I can cuss.
0: Blip that. Yes, out. you can.
1: Okay. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So he's he's a character, but he brings us far more joy than um, the anxiety. So,
0: were you disappointed he couldn't walk down the aisle at your wedding?
1: Of course. Yeah. I'm obsessed with him on an unhealthy level. So if it were up to me, but I I also know how stressed out I would be to ensure that it went well, like there's a chance he could have done it, but there was also an equal chance that he wouldn't have done it well. So we just wanted to eliminate any stress associated with it.
0: Yeah. And alleviate any possibility that you know, might arise. That's, I think that, that was smart. I can understand being disappointed, but I'm glad that you did the best thing for, for Mac, for Falcor and for everybody else too. Yeah. Yeah. Did you consider hiring a pet handler for your wedding day?
1: No, never even crossed my mind. Um, I don't know how Mac would even react to a stranger. He's great once he knows people. So it'd have to be, if a pet handler would, have to be with him for quite some time. Um, but no, I didn't. I didn't think about that. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. That's a good idea though for those listening with a difficult pup.
0: Yeah. Although you made a great point too, then that person might have to know the dog in advance. So yeah, um, and we
1: were traveling from out of town, so it couldn't necessarily like warm him up over the course of a month, you know,
0: before Yeah. Yeah. I totally get it. Um, so to switch courses a little bit, um I'd love to know what it felt like um or what the difference that you've noticed is living together being, you know, just a couple, an engaged couple, and then a married couple. Not that there's a just about being a couple, but you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I think there's two main differences um. Well, the the first one is there's a very different mindset that you have when you're married versus dating, right? If if you're having an issue when you're dating, my mind will tend to go, oh my God, like we're gonna have to break up, I'm gonna have to find a new place, yada yada. For me, I'm not someone who um is necessarily pro-divorce unless, you know, a circumstance arises that's dangerous. So I, you know, when I signed up for marriage, I'm I signed up for life. And so now, when a problem arises, my mind doesn't go to, oh, we're going to break up. I need to find a new house. It's more, we need to solve this because we're stuck together. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm so like the, the mindset of, um, no, we're in this. So I have a more solution focused mindset now. And then financially speaking, when we were dating, we didn't have combined finances. And now we do. So that's different, right? Just, you know, we didn't necessarily have the financial conversations prior to being engaged. When we were engaged, we started combining finances. Um, So we did start before we were legally married. Um, So that's been a shift. But other than that, like habit-wise, we got to know that pretty early on. And we did live together for a couple years before we got married. So we were very used to each other's habits.
0: And do you have any stories you want to share about living together?
1: Yeah, I have a kind of dramatic <laughs> all the stories. so what really prompted I mean it was half okay, so when you're unmarried, um for c j and I, that wasn't necessarily a conversation that was an easy one to have with our parents. you know, um, our parents were fine with it, but. There's a little bit of traditionalism and maybe just, you know, they're, from my parents' perspective at the time that, you know, their 23-year-old daughter living in LA, moving in with some guy, it's not necessarily something that they felt at ease with. However, um, we still moved forward. They didn't necessarily say they were against it. Um, About a month before we were scheduled to move in together, I was living alone and my tires had been um, knifed at work, so I was late getting home because I had to wait for AAA at my my work, which at the time was in Beverly Hills. And anyways, I got home later than usual. It's completely dark out because I got home so late. My phone was dead. I walk up to my apartment and I realize that my is busted in and the lights are on. And I walk. I don't walk in. I look in, and my my apartment's entirely ransacked. Phone's dead also contact CJ at the time, because this is before we lived together, lived in Ventura, which is an hour and 20 minutes north. I went upstairs to my neighbor who I'd never met, asked to borrow a charger and a phone to call the police. Um, the police came and uh, evacuated the building because there was no confirmation of whether or not there was someone still in my apartment. And they... Uh, my phone got enough battery. I called CJ. So he started to drive down from Ventura. um, And like the guys with the hazmat suits came, my like apartment got fingerprinted. A couple hours later, I was eventually able to come in and identify what was missing or not. And the weird part about the story is the only things that were missing were items of sentimental value. So like a, a card that my mom wrote me for my high school graduation, like a family heirloom, my TV was there. My like computer was there. All the things that were of firm value were there. They did take some cash. But that paired with, I guess, whatever they found ballistically, um, it was assumed that someone had been watching me, whomever had uh, broken for some time. Um, so there was a, an extra level of creepiness involved. Um, so CJ finally got there. Thank God. Now learning that they thought it was someone who had been watching me and... I moved out the next day, stayed with a friend while he, it kind of accelerated our moving in together. And now our parents were excited for their 23 year old daughter to have a man living with her in LA. So it it kind of was an ironic timing that accelerated the process. We were already in the talks, but this like confirmed like the need from a, a sense of security to, to even just have a roommate. So that's the story. (laughs) They never caught him.
0: (laughs) Okay, so wait. (laughs) I have a whole slew of questions, and this is so not what the podcast is about, but I'm still (laughs) asking. Did they connect the tire slashing to the break-in, and or did they think that the break-in was scheduled for when you normally would have been home, but you were late? don't know, don't know, one can only assume, which
1: just makes the story that much more, I get goosebumps to this day. It was either some massively large coincidence or yes, they were connected. They never caught the guy. And because there was, I wasn't physically harmed and monetarily what was taken wasn't like $30,000, like I said, it was like cards and stuff like that. Um, yes, there was an open case, but it obviously wasn't of top priority and they knew I was moving out. So you know they weren't they didn't need to put anyone there to to monitor me. So I just think it kind of was a lower priority, which is fine. But yeah, to this day, I
0: will never know. That is bananas. If if the tire slashing is not connected, that was the biggest blessing.
1: right? Yeah, it's it's wild to think about. I, and I remember it so vividly. Um, but actually, just to, to bring it back to a compliment to CJ, I think that was one of the first times I really truly knew that this man could be my husband one day because of the way he handled it um, and made me feel and the fact that he woke up at like 10 p.m. and drove an hour and a half to come and we stayed up all night. He had a knife just because my door was busted and we couldn't lock the place. And just was just handled it really phenomenally. And it made me feel like I just I'm very grateful for him in that instance, because I don't have any family around at the time. And um, I don't necessarily think calling a girlfriend over would have made me feel a whole lot safer um, because I'm like taller than all my girlfriends. So Um, yeah, so
0: just to give him a little shout out there. Big kudos to him. Well, that leads into my final question, which is, what is your very favorite thing about CJ?
1: Yeah, I, that, oh, there's so many things. I think the way he, I'm someone that comes with a lot of baggage in the sense of, I have a lot of health issues. I have, you know, a severe nut allergy that lands me in hospitals a lot. I have crazy things happen to me, like the story I just told. And the way in which he handles situations is so calm. And so the yin to my yang, you know, we almost lost Mac over the holidays and we reacted very differently. He's very much that that rock to me where I'm more emotional and handle things differently. He's calm supportive always makes me feel secure you know he's incredibly loyal He's very very respectful values family um yeah he can be funny and giggly and you know he's not not perfect neither am i but those are some of my favorite favorite qualities
0: i love that yeah. I can't wait to meet him in person at some point when we're allowed to travel again.
1: No, he's wonderful. I mean, you know, CJ, my only gripe is could you please learn to close a goddamn cabinet in the kitchen? I tell you, you walk downstairs, every single cabinet, every single cabinet open. <laughs> every single one. Philippe does that with
0: drawers.
1: Drawers <laughs> too. I don't, he doesn't discriminate. Cabinets, drawers, dishwasher, all the things.
0: (laughs) But besides that, babe, you're perfect. (laughs) Oh my God, Lexi, I adore you. Thank you so much for being here today. Is there anything you want to plug? anything I want to plug.
1: Yeah, I'll plug something. I um, just kind of to tie it back to, I'll give a shout out rather. Um, I know some incredible photographers on the West Coast. So if anyone is looking for wedding photographers, feel free to reach out to me, send me a DM and I can connect you. Also shout out to now a mutual friend of Sarah and I's, Julie, habelman of noble sands she has an incredible product that is perfect for honeymooners so if you're looking for a great gift um she does a go to her website noblesands.com and it'll describe it but yeah feel free to reach out to me if you guys want any suggestions i'm i'm an open book and if you're looking for a photographer
0: not on the west coast shout out to sarah I'll <laughs> you me, right I do travel. I've photographed all over the world.
1: (laughs) There we go. So first, Sarah, if Sarah's booked on your date, then come to me and I can follow up with some suggestions.
0: (laughs) And where can people find you on Instagram and the web?
1: Yeah. So at the PR bar underscore Inc. So T-H-E-P-R-B-A-R underscore I-N-C. And then my website is theprbarinc.com.
0: I love it. Thank you so much for being here, Lexi. It's always a joy to see you. Um, And that's all we've got for today. Thanks so much for everyone who tuned into the Wedding Dish podcast. Um, And Lexi, thank you for sharing all of your stories, all of your tips, all of your advice, and just your general wonderful giving spirit. Um, And thank you for dishing with us. Um, So we are... um, going to close this out. If you want to reach out to The Wedding Dish, we are on Instagram at The Wedding Dish Podcast. And you can hit our website at theweddingdishpodcast.com. You can read our show notes there, apply to be a guest speaker. uh, You can donate to our Patreon. um, And we will keep bringing you juicy wedding tips and tricks from couples and wedding pros alike. And don't forget to tune into next week's episode we have a surprise guest. And um, if you like the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us. And I hope everybody has a wonderful rest of their day. Until we see you again. Cheers.